Hello, Wembley. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming to Wembley. My name's Adam Young. This is live from Wembley Stadium. What's that, mate? What's that? Oh, you want me to get out of the toilet? But I've got a gig. I'm doing a gig. I'm, I'm on stage, main stage. What? Yeah, but... Well, this is the toilet at Wembley Stadium. I know I've sneaked in, but don't tell the security guard because... I'm supposed to be doing a live show here. Oh, you're the security guard. Well, look, if you give me like half an hour, what I'm trying to do is, I've told everyone this is a stand-up comedy show live from Wembley Stadium. And in order to make it authentic, I've come to Wembley Stadium. I wandered in accidentally and... um, Wait, what? Oh, you're the security guard. I know that. But, oh, oh, you want me to tell you a joke? What's my first joke? What's that? So if my first joke's okay, you'll give me half an hour grace. Okay. So this is a secret. You know, we don't want anyone to know about this. So basically, my first, my opening joke will be, my name's Adam Young, and what do you call a suicide bomber with three kids? A Baghdad. And where does Saddam Hussein keep his weapons of mass destruction and his rifles? No? Well, I'll tell you. In Iraq. My cat died today. It's very sad. But don't worry. My cat is the name... I gave to my pet ant, he's a Russian ant, and I don't care that he's dead, because he used to give me ants in the pants, so I squished him out. Just to let you know, I don't normally do stand-up, but I'm so bored, and um, I'm quite aware my stand-up's crap and my jokes are rubbish, but I'm so bored, it's resorted to this. Um, I don't know if you've heard, but um, Taliban Airlines have got a really good service running um, at the moment. They fly you straight into your your hotel room and um, the taxi firm's even better. Um, They drive you straight into your front room. You might find uh, my jokes a bit dated, but um, I like to think they're still funny. And it's a bit of um, nostalgia, you know. Um, My friend Ken's um, got twins. One's a boy and one's a girl, and he said this to his friend. He goes, you know, I've got twins. One's a boy and one's a girl. And he's and the guy turned around to him and said, "Are they identical?" And Ken said, "Of course they're not identical. One's a boy, one's a girl. You idiot." My uncle had a bet with his mate in a pub. He said, "I bet I can go around the whole pub, and ask everyone for a fight and not have a fight." So his mate said, "You're on." It's funny. I don't know why, but it was all. Mad.
males in these jokes. It's all male-orientated jokes. I try and think of some female ones. But anyway, for the sake of this joke, this is two men in a pub. And one of them's my uncle having a bet with his mate. Anyway, so he bet his mate he could go around the whole pub, ask everyone for a fight and not have a fight. And his mate said, OK, go for it. So my uncle went and asked everybody, one by one, excuse me, mate, excuse me, madam, would you like a fight? And everyone declined. And it was, you know, it's quite a big pub, quite a loud, noisy, happy pub. And finally got round the whole pub and no fight. Brilliant. And he went back to his mate and his mate, you know, was astonished. He says, well done. He goes, my uncle said, you know, I've done it. I've gone round the whole pub, asked everyone for a fight. And, uh, you know, I've won the bet. And his mate turned around to him and said, well, you haven't asked me yet, have you? Have you ever wondered what happens if um, a performer needs the toilet whilst they're on stage? It must be really awkward and painful. And uh, so that's probably when the interval is, isn't it? Anyway, moving on. Um, why did the husband buy his wife a pair of slippers and a deal day for Christmas? Because if she didn't like the slippers, she'd go fuck herself. I was in um, church in about 2013 and I heard uh, a pastor tell this joke. Basically, it's called HR manager. Basically, HR manager died and uh, went to the gates of heaven and Jesus said, you know, we've got a... um, It was a female HR manager. I don't know why it has to be female, but it is. And... um, Jesus said, you know, we've got a special offer today. You can have a look around to heaven. You can have a look around hell. And you can decide, you know, where you want to go. And a HR manager manager said, oh, that's a good idea. So um, she went in to the gates, pearly gates, and um, it was amazing. You know, there's cherubs, angels, with harps and clouds and everything was kind of bright. You know, everyone welcomed her into into heaven and, you know, it was lovely music playing. And um, it was just so peaceful, you know, it was brilliant. You couldn't have asked for a better place to spend eternity in. Anyway, at the end of the day, she, she came back and... Um, Jesus said, oh, what, what do you think about that? She goes, oh, that's great. She goes, oh, can I try um, hell, you know? And he goes, yes, of course. So uh, Jesus uh, led her through the valley of death and uh, just sent her on her way to, to hell. And um, she got in the door and someone greeted her. And it was like a 
massive park, like an endless park. Um, it smelt great, you know, there was a barbecue. Uh, there was this great music playing, everyone knew her name, everyone shook her by the hand. And, um, you know, it was a great party atmosphere. And anyway, at the end of that day, she went back to see Jesus and, and Jesus said, you know, what do you think? She goes, well, heaven was nice. But you know something, I think I want to go to hell. Jesus said, well, well done. Thank you for your decision. And uh, you know the way, so go for it. And uh, the HR manager got to the doors of the gates of hell. And um, they kind of creaked open. And uh, there was a demon there. Um, and he goes, welcome to hell. And she walked in and there's an awful smell. And there's rubbish. It was like a rubbish tip. It was the fires. Um, just, just, just carnage everywhere. It was, you know, as you would imagine hell would be. And, um, she said to the, um, the demon that was escorting her, she said, you know, yesterday, it was brilliant, hell. It was better than heaven, you know, everyone knew my name. Gave me cuddles. It was amazing music. You know, the smell of food was brilliant. And it just seemed like a lovely party festival atmosphere. You know, why is it so different to yesterday? And a demon said, well, that's simple. Yesterday we were hiring. What does Jesus and Jimmy Savile have in common? Well, that's simple, isn't it? They both came for the sick. I got touched by Jesus the other day when he said his name was Jesus. And by the way, does anyone know why I get a headache when I turn on the news? I've just noticed something about my jokes. I've got a hell of a lot of ones about Jesus. Anyway... They're not funny anyway, so it doesn't matter. I'll just keep going, keep going. Okay. I went for a leg waxing the other day and got ripped off. And that is terrible. And um, don't you think technology is brilliant when it actually flipping works? Knick knack paddy back. I've got a rucksack. Well... Um, I was at the coffee shop with my friends and I was having a bit of a bad day. And I said uh, to Martin and Paul, I said, how about we go and see Dunkirk to cheer ourselves up? You know, it's a bit grim today. Let's go and cheer ourselves up. The reviews are fantastic about Dunkirk. And, you know, you just hear a good buzz about something. You think, yeah, I'll go. It's a historical film. It's probably historical in the sense it's well made as well, but it's about history. Anyway, we all three of us went, and um, it, it really was quite dramatic. It was 
amazing film. Although for some reason we were both, well, not both, but the three of us were squirming because it was so vivid and so lifelike that, um, you know, you thought you were there. And um, it was a fantastic film, well shot. The story was amazing. It was quite, felt quite accurate portrayal of the event and um, but next time you want to be cheered up do not go and watch a war film because it'll give you a fucking headache I know what I can do well, I'm coming up with ideas you know things that I haven't done before and um, even though I've got an allergy to food that's just basically food in general and humans, basically I've got an allergy to humans, um, I think I'm going to plan a trip to McDonald's, I've never been before, but um, I'm going to you know, try a burger, Big Mac and fries, and a large Coke, no ice, and maybe an extra cheeseburger, um, even though I've never been before, I'm sure that will fill me up to the brim and um, you know it might be tasty I'm not too sure so uh, I'll keep you posted Um, to be honest I've come clean I've got a confession to make I've never been to or had any fast food or been to any of those restaurants before Um, but um, takeaway seems like a buzzword in this environment so um and Uber Eats and, you know, all this, oh, all this lovely food I can't get away from. I mean, oh, oh God. You know, I don't know what it tastes like, but I can't wait to try it for the first time. What's the difference between the Hollywood Hills and the Chilton Hills? Well, that's simple, isn't it? It's no contest. There's a lot more going on in the Hollywood Hills, you idiots. No, only joking, I'm an idiot. Um, You know, politicians, um, do you ever think life repeats itself? I mean, I'm quite, I mean, I've lived on this earth for 42 years now and everyone's logging, most of the time at general election time, voting time, the build-up to it. Generally, people are so exhausted with the current government, they just can't wait to get them out and they're longing for, like, the Messiah to come along you know, the new government, to to be better. And it's a bit like a new job. Like a new job, you think, you know, oh, you know, you start a new job, you think it's the best job you're ever going to have. Then you realise it's worse than the last one. And it's the same for politicians and politics. You think, oh, thank goodness that government's out and we've got a new one in. But they're even worse than the last one. And to be honest, my grand could do better and she's dead My mum's told me off to um, stop talking about playing Las Vegas and going to Las Vegas and taking my show to Las Vegas. Um, just, just you know, she said just be normal and just just tell people the truth, Adam. Don't, you know, it hasn't happened yet. Wait until you've got something to say. Until you, Stop deluding yourself and, 
you know, giving people a misrepresentation of what you're really, where your career's really going. Anyway, I was on a night out in Brighton with my brother and David. I <clears throat> we went to a chip shop um, after our night out. And um, it was on the top of a hill. It took us ages to get there. It was one of the few places still open. And it was, you know, it was all right. It was, a, it was like the last place you expect there to be a chip shop. Um, didn't really look like a chip shop unless you knew the area, knew the locals. Didn't really look like a chip shop at all. Anyway, we were, we ordered our food. Can't remember what we ordered now. Um, it's free meals, probably, you know, whatever we ordered. Burgers, kebabs, fish and chips. Um, and everything in between. Anyway, we, it took a while for it to all come through and, um, you know, for it to be made. And it, it was closing time, to be honest. And um, this guy came in um, just as we were being served and, well, given our food to take home. And the shop owner said, I'm sorry, but we're closed now. This is it, you know. Um, you have to get leave. And the guy was kind of not having any of it. And, um, you know, he wasn't taking it seriously. It's quite disrespectful, really, isn't it? When a shop owner says, we're closed, and, you you know, the person that's there is demanding to be served and, you know, saying it's not closed, you're open. And and anyway, the, the shop owner was professional. He kept you know, pushing it and saying, no, with confidence, he was saying, no, we're closed. And then the the guy turned around and said, you got anything in the bin, mate? You must have something in the bin that you can give me. <laughs> and it was the most inappropriate thing to hear, but actually it was one of the funniest things. And um, but in all fairness, we were all sick afterwards, so... Uh, Maybe the guy was right. Maybe he was trying to tell us something about the crappy food. It's, you know, just rip off piss people. It's not a good idea, is it? Ripping off piss people is not a good idea. Um, no. Uh, It's like patronising, isn't it? Ripping piss people off at a crappy fast food shop. I mean, uh... No one ever goes to fast food shops like that during the day. You must be pissed if you go to a shit one. Especially if you keep going back, your toilets, sort it out. Anyway, um, I don't know if anyone was around um, for 9-11, but I was fixated to the uh, TV set. Um, it was very disturbing times and... It's not um, it's not good at all, and my mum told me to um, stop watching it because I make myself ill. And uh, turns out she was right. It did make me ill, and um, still haven't recognised my issues yet. I've sorted them out, but anyway, my friend was also at work. Well, I was at home, but my friend was actually at work. Um, and he was working on his workbench next to somebody. And um, they were talking 
they're talking, they weren't, they weren't really, you know, they're discussing whether to put a TV on or not because there's so much crap on TV that they didn't want to, um, you know, having a discussion whether to turn the TV on. Um, and then they had the discussion what channel. Anyway, they ended up watching 9-11 on the news and his mate uh, turned around and said, finally, something interesting on TV. And I was thinking, my God, that's an awful story to tell someone. But I wonder what he thinks about this situation. COVID-19. There you go. It's a bit more up to date. Put it up to date. Oh, yes, darling. I loved you in... I loved you on Broadway. It was brilliant. Oh, your voice is just stunning. And uh, the way you clean the toilets for the production was just marvellous. I mean, I couldn't see you on stage, but the, the production was amazing. The toilets were so clean and warm and sparkling. Well, not until I left and then I mucked it all up for you, darling. Oh, lovey darlings. You're so amazing. I'll see you next week. Uh, Keep up the toilet work, darling. Don't you just hate it when someone blames you for their own mistake? Um, It's a bit weird, but... um, Anyway, this uh, COVID-19 thing's gone a bit funny because uh, the first day, uh, my my fiance, she ate the whole contents of the cupboards and the fridge and the freezer and all the extra hidden places that I, I store food. All the food went. And uh, since then, <clears throat> I've had to be really careful about what I buy for her because... She's just got no respect for food or anything like that. And, um, uh, fucking hell. I can't find any food anywhere. Oh, oh my God. Where's all the food gone? They won't even let me into the local shops. Oh, I bet someone's put a wanted sign out for me or something or or purposely just put a ban on me because I've got a spending food problem. Um, I got beaten up at school once <clears throat> and um, I told my mum and she basically, she she told me to go get some karate lessons. So she, she, she found like, a really good place and I went to karate lessons. Go drew karate and um, oh, it was brilliant. And then years later... My friend Francis, he took me um, to his Thai chi class, and um, I just, I you know, I was just, I was expecting really. Anyway, the the tutor came over to me afterwards, or maybe at break or something, and he said, um, "Oh, would you like to? Would you like to join our class?" And I told him a story about. Um, like learning Gojiru Karate and actually using it on <clears throat> the school bullies. It was a bit like a scene out of a film or something. Um, I got my own back in the end. Anyway, um, actually there's another time as well where my mum came out with a rolling pin out of the house and she was more effective than me. She was warding off some... Uh, Bullies 
tormenting me and David and Simon um, on our way back from the Cotswold swimming pool. Anyway, the Tai Chi master came over and said, oh, Adam, would you like to join our class? And I said, well, to be honest, my fighting days are over. Um, you know, I've beaten everyone up I want to beat up. And he looked at me really angrily and said, do not beat me up? I said, oh, no, 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 honestly, I... No, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what gives you that impression. I'm very sorry. I don't want to get involved. Um, but to be honest, now you've triggered me, actually. I've had you back on the list, mate. Um, I spoke to my brother in my late 20s. They were both at mum's house. <clears throat> and I was telling you about my recurring dream I have about not doing my homework at school. And the cool thing about school was um, I had the perfect excuse if I didn't do my homework because I was I was in the rugby team and athletics team and played basketball and I think I was in every team. And that's one of the reasons why I had so many sports injuries <clears throat> because of just, to, just to get out of class and get out of doing my homework. And that was the only real excuse that worked because we were sports kind of well-known for sports um, academia, if that's the word, at Curie Boys. When I was in the... Um, <laughs> I made sure I was in the heart of a year rugby team as well, so that's more excuses to get off homework and more excuses not to be at school. I think I was in the sevens rugby team and a few others. Anyway, I was hardly ever at school. I was always playing sport. And also, because it was like, I don't know what you call it, was it grant maintained? We were in par with private schools, and, and the food was amazing. Afterwards, and half-time snacks were brilliant. And we used to go, oh yeah, we used to go on rugby tours. And... Uh, always go to the pub as well after. It was like um, brilliant. Anyway, I was telling my brother, I mean, all my bad, bad behaviour, but all my uh, my guilty conscience kept caught up with me, um, <clears throat> kept, you know, kept niggling away at me even till I was in my late 20s. Probably happens now still, but it's not not as bad now. But anyway, I went over to my brother and mum's, when we were both there together, and I said, Simon, I've got this awful recurring dream about not doing my homework. And I said, um, how do you, well, how did you cope? Do you, do you have that kind of dream? And he goes, no. And he goes, uh, it's probably because I did my homework, Adam, and uh, you didn't. And... Uh, if you want your dream to stop, I would go and do your homework. I was like, oh, I've got a cold sweat. I was thinking, that doesn't help. Um, plus, uh, I don't know where this joke's going now, but um, probably down the pan. But um, the funny thing was, I hadn't, I hadn't been at school for, I don't know, at least 15 years. So uh, that's the joke. Laugh. Now, I was working um, with my friend Paul, 
he's a computer engineer. And I said, oh, my hands are hurting. And uh, the cheeky git said, he'd been using them too much. I won't say what for, but it wasn't nice. And it's hard, isn't it? When you want sympathy or need sympathy the most, you get rejected and someone takes the mickey instead. Anyway, to get my own back, um, he told me the story about... Um, him laying in the bath with a cigarette and he was telling me um, that he's given up cigarettes, given up smoking and uh, you know when someone says that you don't really take them seriously because you think, oh yeah, they just want a reaction. But anyway, he's very proud of himself because he'd given up smoking anyway. Telling me a story about laying in the bath with a cigarette (laughs) and... uh, he could see the walls, like, he was relaxing, and he just noticed the yellow walls. And um, also he noticed his behaviour. He was um, he was working out how many cigarettes he could get through legally through customs um, on his next trip to um, Calais. And then he goes, he goes, Adam, I was laying there, all relaxed with my cigarette, in my yellow walls working out how many cigarettes I could get back through customs from Calais. And I had an epiphany. And I said, what was the epiphany, Paul? He goes, I had an epiphany that I was a fucking arsehole. And uh, what the fuck was I doing with my gut hanging out, laying in the bath, looking at yellow walls, trying to work out the cheapest way to get cigarettes back through customs. And I thought, you know what? Cheapest way to get... So he gets back through customs, it's not smoke at all, and just to give up. And ever since then, I've given up. But he goes, I've had put on five stone. So, oh, but I guess the best way to give up is to smoke until you can't smoke anymore, have an epiphany, call yourself an arsehole, and just get hooked on something else instead, like uh, caffeine. That wasn't very funny, was it? Bored myself with that one. Uh, I've run out of jokes. I'm not sure if this joke is appropriate um, for the times, but what's the difference between AIDS and COVID-19? If the AIDS doesn't kill you, COVID-19 definitely will. And um, basically, I was playing a gig, uh, like a, a restaurant, in front of my walking group and um, a guitar gig. I play guitar mainly. And um, just about to go on and I was announced. And uh, my dad was dreadful. He, he, He stood up and said, excuse me, everyone, I'm just going out for a cigarette and I don't even smoke. I was thinking... My God, Dad, that's the worst heckle I've ever had. I mean, he's probably excited, but I think uh, he got psychotic before I even went on. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) moving on. (laughs) My friend was working as head of security at the Grove Hotel in Watford. And... um, he found, he basically, he caught a guy stealing towels, one of the members of staff. 
Anyway, he called um he called him into his office and sat him down and said, Look, um, is there something you want to tell me? And the guy goes, No. And my friend said, Well, we've got evidence that you've been stealing towels and women's underwear uh from around the pool. And um the guy said, Well I haven't, I don't know where you got who told you this, but, well, we've got it on camera. You know, we've got evidence. Okay. We've got, we've got it on camera. And um, he showed him the footage. He said, is that you on camera? He said, no. Well, it is you. It's your face. It's your, your, your close-up. It's a close-up of you. And, um, and the guy said, look, mate, if you want to play cops or robbers, let's get it on. the chicken cross the road because I'd just been to KFC <laughs> lovely just for me cup of tea writing the books dangerous man just ruin my back just tap tap tapping away getting into it it's so addictive and Becky says it's like heroin for me so I'm just like, yay, book, 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 story, story, get it right, get it right. Oh, yeah, exciting, exciting. I'll be back. I know, I've been away for a while. I've been uh, retired, but I'm straight out of retirement. And uh, this is a funny joke that I just thought of this morning. It was about when I was at school <clears throat> and queuing up for art class at Cue Boys. Um in the early 90s basically we used to queue up for art class and it's one of my favorite classes because uh, I'm a creative and my mum's an art teacher and she kind of inspired my creativity and so did my dad because they both went to university uh, art college um where is it did I say university um I can't remember which university they both, what college they went to. Leeds. Leeds University Art College, that's where they met. My parents met. Anyway, <clears throat> so I came up for art class, and this happened every time that we're all queuing up, and one guy in particular, and it's like a joke, or like his excuse of not doing his art homework. Basically, we'd all be queuing up. And he'd go, oh, no, I haven't done my homework. I'd better go and do my homework. And what his homework would consist of would be whatever the subject was, it made no difference to him. What he would do is he'd go in, get a bit of paper, 
splodge some paint into the middle of the paper, fold it in half, open it out, and then that'd be his homework. And that happened every single time we had to submit art homework. And it got it was getting to the end of the year, and the teacher, the art teacher, it was, you know, it, it, it enraged him. It got it came to a head one day. I mean, I'm surprised it took him so long to actually get angry at this guy and psychotic at this student. And he goes, I was trying not to mention his name, but he goes, look, you can't keep doing this. You keep doing the same thing just to get out of your homework. And yes, I can't give you detention because you actually submit your homework, but it's and it's nothing to do with the actual the homework I set, but I've let you off this long. But that, what you've done there, looks like a load of rabbit shit. And, you know, and then the, the student had the cheek to say, it's not really rabbit shit, sir. It's more like cow, a cow pat folded in half. And he said, look, <clears throat> you've got to stop doing this. And he goes, and, and then the student said, you know, the bits around the edge look like a bit of cat poo and there's a bit of cat litter in there. And, um, you know, they went on to this dialogue about what the actual homework looked like. But then the teacher realised that he, he was getting taken for a ride still. And the teacher turned around to him and said, look, if you applied your vast knowledge of animal shit into the rest of your life, you'd be a fucking genius. Now fucking go to the headmaster, you asshole.